welcome to Reading by Flashlight. I hope you've had a good day so far. Today we're going to be going over chapters 56 through 60 of Daughter of the Deep, Rick Ryden's new book. Today's going to be the last full episode because next week it's only going to be about three chapters because the way that however many chapters I do a week is kind of odd, but there's going to only be three chapters next week, so next week's is going to be a lot shorter than the usual length of an episode. But without further ado, let's get into the book. So the vault door to Lincoln Base opens for her handprint, and you can't keep a good Dakar out. Or a bad one, since Dev can probably get into it too. And so with pistols drawn, Jim peeks into the corridor, and it's empty, and they can see no one standing guard, but that doesn't really mean anything. They could be just waiting in just another room. So Jim's like, wait here. So it describes him as crouching like a cat. He inches into the corridor, and he's about 20 feet when two... LI students pop out from either side of the tunnel's exit and then start to fire their laden guns. And it must have been an ambush, but Jim's ready. And a nanosecond before they pull their triggers, Jim fires his SIG sa- saucer, SARS, or whatever. And both guards drop like sandbags. Oof. And they didn't kill him. I mean, he's not a murderer. He's like 14. But I think it was one of those things that, like electrocutes them or something i don't know and he's like he checks around the corner and it's clear so they decide that it's safe to go on and it says when she joins jim she looks down at the guards and both of them have nasty red welts in the middle of their forehead and it says which isn't good by the way but she says i took the name of a certain nazarene carpenter i take the name of a certain nazarene carpenter in vain which is not good and then jim says please don't blaspheme There you go. Good job. He says, I used rubber ammo. They might have nasty headaches when they wake up, but they're not going to die. And they're right next to the sick bay. So they decided to go check that out. And the patient's bed is missing. And Anna's like, where's Hewitt? And Jim says, what? And Anna says, hold on. She likes looking through cameras and she's like, if I was wrong about the hostages, if they and Dr. Hewitt were on board the Aranax, she's like, We blew it up. And then her shoulders react when she looks at a different camera. And she's like, there he is. Two hostiles are bringing his stretcher abroad the Verona. And Jim's like, why would they? And Anna's like, insurance. They've stripped all the information and tech that they can from the base. While the Aranamax's gone, the Verona is their only way out. And then Jim's like, and with Hewitt on board, they figure we're less likely to attack the ship. What about the other hostages? And she's like, not sure. And then she toggles through more of the feeds. And she's like, oh dining room the good news is that they're all alive but the bad news is that they're being held at gunpoint in the middle of the dining room luca ophelia franklin and tia are on their hands and knees and their hands are tied behind their back and two hostiles are standing behind them with lightning guns on their heads and then two more also armed with zappy mini harpoons are pacing the room and like they're waiting for orders and jim's like they're human shields they take you on the ship leave the rest of our people here under guard most insurance to let the Verona get away safely. We have to take the dining hall, then reach the boat before it casts off. But Anna's like, but if we go charging in there? And then, above their heads, the ceiling vent starts to rattle, and Jim trains his gun on the slate, and then the head of a small metal insect pokes out, and Anna laughs, and she's like, it's the pilot bug. And it turns out that there's a bunch of them with her, and then Jim shakes his head, and he's like, they must have been hiding in the duckworks this whole time. And then Anna's like, the duck works. She's like, Jim, do you have any non-lethal grenades? He's like, sure, but why? Oh, I get you. 
It's like, pilot bug, can you fly this with much weight? And then he buzzes his wings, which I guess means yes, and he coils his intent to his... I don't know what... Some part of his metal body coils around the grenade, and Jim's like, perfect. One bug can carry, another can pull the pin. That's a short burst EMP. It won't hurt the people, but it should knock out anything electronic in enclosed areas. As soon as you drop it, you need to get away from there. Quick. And Anna's like, hold on. Will it work on their lighting guns? Jim's like, I think so. It should. Might. And it's like, well, if we don't have that 100% satisfaction, we're going to need something more. Something to disorient the guards. And she's like, Jim, would you happen to have... And then he's like, a Nemo version of a flashbang. And he pulls out a grenade from his bag and grins. A very shark-like grin. Why, yes, I do. And payback is my favorite dessert. Chapter 57. The first thing that happens is Anna yells, we give up. That seemed like a pretty good way to open negotiation. And they're stationed outside the dining room door. And Anna's yelling, stop firing. This is Anna Dakar. I want to surrender. And there's no sound from the other room. But then Luca's yelling, run, do not. And then someone yells, shut up. And then Ophelia says, leave him alone. And then Anna yells, hey, hey, listen to me. Or don't you want the credit for capturing me? And one of them shouts, open the door slowly and show us your hands. So, you know, they do it. But Jim meets Anna's eyes and nods, and it's not because he heard the guard, but unlike Anna, Jim has cotton balls stuffed in his ears so he can't hear much of anything. Don't know why yet. But Anna's like, okay, I'm going to open the door. Don't kill me. I'm no good to you dead. (laughs) And then she says, I'm going to show you my hands now. And so she speaks in Italian, and... She says something, and she's like, hopefully the guards don't know Italian, because she says, close your eyes. But she's like, it probably won't make sense to them even if they hear it, but if Luca hears it, he'll know what it says. And it happens fast. The robo-bugs enter the room. From inside, she can hear the plunk, plunk of two metal objects hitting the floor, followed by someone saying, what? Because grenades do not normally fall from ventilation ducts, so they're like, what's happening? And then a tsunami of color and sound blasts from the dining room. And once it happens, Jim pushes past her and bursts into the dining room, his guns blazing. And Anna stumbles in after him, her ladle pistol raised, but there's no one really left to shoot at. Because their friends were alive, but they're curled up on their side now, groaning and squinting. And Luca has a black eye, Ophelia has a busted lip, and blood is trickling from Tia's left ear, and Franklin has just finished throwing up. And Anna was like, well, that worked. And Jim said, what? And then she points at his ears and he removes the cotton. And Ophelia's like, hello there, lovely to see you again. Thanks so much for the grenades. And then Anna's like, sorry about that. And she pulls out their knives to cu- her knife to cut up their zip ties. And she's like, that's quite all right. The Nautilus, the crew. And so she gives them the brief version of the story. And after Franklin finishes thumbing up, he comes over and he's like, I can taste the color turquoise. Is that normal? No, Franklin, that is definitely not normal. And Jim, after finishing cutting Franklin's zip ties, like, we need to get to the Verona. And Franklin's like, yeah, they took Dr. Hewitt. He wasn't responding well to treatment, but he's in no shape to be moved. And Ophelia said that they've also taken our best research and tech. They have to be stopped. Go! And then Anna's like, none of you are in any shape to fight, and death could be coming in from the, the lagoon any minute. And Ophelia says, are your laden guns still functional? Leave us some of those. And so Jim gives one, and gives some to the others and he gives his remaining grenades to luca and luca's like i love grenades thank you that's very happy comments okay and jim gestures to the guards on the floor and he's like what about our little friends here 
and T is like, oh, not a worry. I'm personally going to give them the pink ducky treatment. Now get going. Chapter 58. Jim and Anna are racing through the corridor, and they're trying to get the comms to work on their clothes. And she's like, Descartes and Nautilus, do you read? And Halema answers, and she says, the Nautilus is here. Are you guys okay? More or less, hostiles have the Verona. They're making a run for it, and they have Dr. Hewitt on board. Jim and I are going to try to intercept. Do you copy? And they're like, we say again? And then Jim's like, mine's going out too. So communications are pretty much cut off at this point. And they hear the boat's engine start to go off, and so it's pulling away from the dock. So Jim sprints after it, and he takes a leap and lands on it. And then Anna's jump otherwise is not so graceful, and she slams into the railing, which doesn't do very good for her wounded side, but Jim grabs her arm before she fall, she falls overboard. And she's like, thanks. And then he's like, take a gun. And so he gives her, offers her one of his sig sawers, whatever. I'm going to figure out how you pronounce that, okay? Okay, I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Apparently it sounds something like sour, like S-O-U-R. No one, okay. Okay, so he offers... Anna, one of his sig saw sours, whatever, and she's like, he's never let anyone even touch one of his precious twin guns before, and she's like, but, and he's like, please just take it, so she takes a gun, and Jim's like, okay, split up, and Anna's like, that's always a big mistake in movies, though, he's like, fair enough, so they reach the mid-deck, and there's still no one there, and that feels really wrong, because they thought this thing was boarded with people, and Anna turns, and well, she was going to ask Jim a question about where they should go on the boat next, and it dissolves into a scream when she sees a figure looming behind him. And too late, Jim pivots. Dev had smacked him across the head with a ratchet, and Jim collapsed, and Dev kicks his gun across the deck. And Dev glares at her. And yeah, now, instead of the old brother she used to know, he looks like this weird super evil villain with... Messed up hair and the evil grin and, you know, like, the person who gone in, classic person gone insane type of scenario. And Dev sneers and he's like, you really going to shoot me? Go ahead. And then she doesn't because he's her brother. Hello, Parker. Come join my podcast. Okay, he left. Bye. I know he's still there. Bye, Parker Walker. Okay, I'm back. And so she doesn't decide to do it. And he said, I thought so. Stupid little girl, you ruined everything. Then he charges at her. Chapter 59. So the two of us have had some combat training, but Dev has had more years of practice. Grabs her wrist, slaps the gun from her hand, steps, twists, attempting to throw Anna over his shoulder. And she uses the boneless toddler defense where you collapse so your entire body weight works against him. And he shuffles off balance, and Anna turns her fall into a backward roll, leveraging Dev's own grip to pull him with me, and he sails over my head and crashes into the starboard gunwale. One point for Anna. And, yeah, that basically reopened the wound at her side. And then he sees it, and he's like, oh, you're wounded. And, like, he actually had the audacity to sound concerned. And she's like, you've already lost Dev. And he says, I don't think so. 
We've got enough tech and data now to make our new Aaron Max and Nautilus killer. And I don't think your friend will be bothering this boat with your poor sick professor on board. And so he tries to attack again with a flurry of punches that forces Anna back to the railing. And she blocks, parries, and dodges, but her limbs are starting to grow very heavy. And she sidesteps and traps Dev's arms, hoping to dislocate his elbow, but he knows that that's one of her signature moves. So he sinks onto one leg and sweep kicks her off her feet, and Anna rolls out the way and comes up just in time to block his next kick. And he's like, we don't have to fight, Anna. We're still family. And she's like, yes, we're family, which is why your betrayal hurts so much. And so Anna pushes him across the deck, determined to wipe the smug smile from his face, and but he easily parries her attack. And the Varana, meanwhile, is speeding through the break. It's going fast. And, you know, she's breathing hard. She's slowing down, wearing herself out, and Deb knows it. But she faints with a jab step, then lends a punch to Deb's gut. And my gym teacher, says Dr. Kind, would have been proud. Unfortunately, I'm too dizzy to follow through. And I stagger away, wheezing, while Deb cradles his sore stomach. And he says, I'm not the traitor, Anna. Hurting Pankrath got her parents killed. HP could have used Nemo's tech a hundred times to save the world. Instead, they kept it locked up, and they shut us out of our own inheritance. And Anna replies with, The Nautilus isn't our inheritance. The Nautilus belongs to herself. Dev's like, Herself? Come on, Anna. It's a machine made by Prince Dakar. It belongs to us. And then he lunges, trying for a full body tackle. And Dev said, I thought about telling you, but you weren't ready. You didn't know about alt-tech, and you didn't understand why HP had done to our family. They still have you fooled, and it's time to wake up. Anna screams, and she charges at him, and it wasn't her smartest move, I guess, but she feints a punch and knee tries to knee him and the um, private parts. But he's like, give up. Don't be stupid. And Dev said, I admit, I underestimated you. That giant octopus, you'll have to explain how you pulled that off. But you don't belong in HP any more than I do, and we're going to board that Nautilus together, and you're going to surrender command to me, and I will take what's rightfully mine. And Anna gets to her feet, and Dev frowns at the gun that's in her hand, and, she's, and he said, Come on, Anna, you had your chance to kill me. You couldn't do it, remember? And then Anna remembers that Jim's guns don't have actual ammunition in them. They have, like, rubber, like rubber band you know, like one of those things shoots rubber bands out. She's got one of those in there. So she starts to laugh because, I mean, she thinks, because she knows Deb thinks that they have actual ammunition in there. Like, he thinks that if he shoots, she's going to kill her. And he's like, she won't do that. She's not going to kill me. He's like, Anna, you've lost a lot of blood. Put that down. And then she raises the gun and she says, you don't get it, Deb. What's rightfully yours isn't the sub. It's your family and your friends. And you destroyed it all. And she shot him three times, and the last rubber bullet snaps his head back, raising an ugly red spot right between his eyes. And he falls backward, crashing like a spread eagle-like on the deck. And then nearby, Jim groans, Anna? And she says, hey. And then I ho she holds up two fingers, and she says, how many fingers? And he says, 25. And she's like, yeah, you'll be fine. And he's like, is Dev dead? And then she's like, he's taken care of. I shot him with rubber bullets. And he's like, oh, shot him with rubber bullets. And then Anna's like, I'm going to go check the bridge. The bridge. The bridge. I can't talk. So then while she's running, she runs into Esther. And she's like, Esther? And Esther turns and she looks embarrassed. And she's like, so I got your comm message. And it turns out dolphins aren't the only one who can fit through that chute that leads to the tank in your cabin. She's like, you're so cool. And she's like, I know, but I think you're about to pass out. And as usual, Esther's right.
So chapter 60, the next two days, she's kind of out, next two days. And yeah, she's been hooked up to machines in the Nautilus's sick bay, which they're trying to like slowly rehydrate her and replenish her blood supply and ensure that her internal organs do not explode. And Jim is also in the hospital recovering from his head injury. Dr. Hewitt, who actually looks better than we last saw him. So over the next days, Esther and Top take walks, and when they take walks, Romeo surfaces and watches him, and Top barks happily and goes into his play mode, and yeah. So now an octopus and a dog are best friends. And as for Socrates, he doesn't really seem to know what to make of the giant octopus. Like, he likes his cephalopods small and tasty, not big enough to eat him. And on the fifth day, they decide to set their prisoners free. Except Deb, though. It's not a popular decision, because they're still their enemies, they got too much blood on their hands, and they don't want to run a prison camp forever, so there's no easy way to bring Land Institute to justice or to prove what they've done in court of law, because, you know, everything's kind of been covered up. And Caleb South is just like, why would you do this? You're just letting us go, and we know where your base is. And Anna's like, yes, you do, and you also know what happened when you tried to take us down. 20 of our freshmen beat your entire senior class. If you want a rematch, just come on back. And Jim's like, you think it was smart to go to him like that? And Elena makes a face, and she said, it was perfect. Let them come back if they dare. And then, surprise, Hewitt comes out, and he's like, Anna, you've done better than I could have ever imagined. And Anna's like, is that a compliment? I'm not sure how well you imagined me doing. And he laughs, and he's like, oh, please, don't make me laugh. It hurts. No, Prefect, or Captain Dakar, I always knew you were capable of greatness. I'm just sorry I did not show you that or extend you to respect you deserved. And she arrows her, narrows her eyes and she's like, but? And he's like, no, but. It's true that Deb was everyone's focus, including mine. And I was worried that he was too impetuous, too angry, too, well, too much like me, I guess. And like the students that I had taught at Land Institute. And that's why I tried so hard to counsel him. Still, I never imagined he would, you know... At any rate, you were the one who should have been prepared for command. Despite insufficient training in the midst of utmost tragedy, look what you've accomplished. And he gestures to the Nautilus, and he's like, have you decided what we'll do next? And she's like, we? Is that really my decision? And he's like, oh yes, you're Captain Nemo now. The Nautilus has accepted you. The remaining students have accepted you. And the faculty, what remains of us, we've seen your potential, and we're going to assist you. Continue with your training if you wish. But you will set our course. Whatever you decide, we're here for you. And she's like, she's grateful to hear this, but it's also uneasy because she's going, what it means to be a leader, she doesn't know totally yet. Because, you know. And she's like, I have to go talk to Esther and the rest of the class, of course. But yes, I think I know what happens next. Hey guys, before you go move on to your next podcast or eat your lunch, make sure to check out the bio of the episode where you can find a link to support this podcast. And whether or not you choose to support, just make sure to check out the bio in general because there's lots of information there on what each episode is going to be about, what chapters we'll be going over the next week, and also the link to send in a voice message. Well, thank you for listening to this week's podcast episode. Make sure to come back next week. And next week will be the last episode of Daughter of the Deep season. 
So make sure to come back for the final episode. See you then. Thank you.